Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast. I'm on the phone with Steve Pilchin, the Round Guy, and uh, we're talking Cyhawk talk. How's it going, Steve? Well, I'm tickled to speak with you, Dave. As you know, uh, I'm your biggest fan by at least 30 pounds. Uh, <laughs> this is Johnson's favorite son, and and uh, what a weekend it was for all of the football games we we were paying attention to. But you know what? That aside, that said, you know what I'm most excited about right now? What's that? And you should be too. We're three months away from spring training. Oh, that's How does a, that sound? That is huh? the best, best news I've got all day long. Yeah. you got to keep that in mind. Tomorrow we're another day closer to spring training. In the meantime, we get to watch the Hawks. We get to watch the uh, Cyclones. And gosh darn it, if Iowa State would have played the first half like they played the second half, they would have won Saturday as well. What do you think? Well, I was at Bacon Fest and uh, having the freaking time of my life. They had both games up on, uh, they had them side by side. You could have watched them at the same time. Now, see, I had to I had to flick back and forth, you know, with my remote. You know, catch one game, commercial break, go to the other one, and I I missed a couple of big plays uh, doing that, but uh, not so much that I didn't get a feel for both the teams and the games that they were playing. Well, Iowa looked pretty good; they played well enough to win. I thought for a minute, you know, depending upon uh, turnovers or whatever that. Uh, they might have to cough up uh, Floyd of Rosedale. That would have been ironic. You're at Bacon Fest, and uh, Iowa and Minnesota's playing for the Floyd of Rosedale trophy. What do you think of that? That's kind of yeah. funny. Well, you got your well, favorite trophy. Before we get into the Hawks and Cyclones, tell us a little bit about Bacon Fest. Did you get enough bacon? I don't know that you can. Bacon is unbelievable, isn't it? It's amazing. Uh, the, the, Atumwa is the biggest supplier of bacon in the world. And they, you mentioned that last time we spoke, and I couldn't believe it. Half a million pounds of bacon a day, every day, six days wow. a week. Wow. Wow. And they brought 3,500 pounds. Swift is the, uh, the meat packing plant there. They brought 3,500 pounds of bacon uh, and gave it to the, to the guys that cooked and they gave away a box of uh, 30 pounds of bacon every hour on the hour. And wow. Get, and guess what? What's that? I won one. No way. I got 30 pounds of bacon for going to Bacon Fest. Well, you uh, have any way of, of knowing how you're going to get rid of most of that? I was going to bring some of it to you. You like? I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, I'm going to bring some I'm of it. I'm with over. you. I will be a, uh, a thrilled participant if you bring me uh now how do you like your bacon cooked well i'm you know some people like their bacon really crisp i like mine kind of uh medium you know almost rare you know what i mean i like it when it's not too crispy that's the way my dad and my grandson like it i kind of like it a little crisper but you know there's any bacon i won't eat i'll tell you that I'm with you. I had six. I, I tried I'm 16. I what tried, do you say to your worst piece of bacon? Oh, better than uh, most things. 
you say, oh, that was great. <laughs> it uh, certainly was great. I, I remember my my uh, wife's uh, father raised cattle and hogs and then crops. And when I first started dating her, and when she let me know that, she said, well, I'll bring you some bacon uh you know, from my dad's farm and it'll be fresh and it'll be, and she said it'll be thicker sliced and and she made my mouth water just yeah, telling my me. My mouth watering right now when well, you're then, talking about it. Then she uh, brought some and we, we fried it up in the, uh, in the, uh, the dorm and, and uh, true to her word, it was just fantastic. And it was the first time I had ever uh, sampled thicker sliced bacon so mm. even better than than i've been accustomed to having it mm. yeah you can't get it you know they say that bacon causes cancer to me that's worth it <laughs> that's, you know that bacon you you gotta have bacon right i did i tried six i tried 16 different uh items of bacon for example i had bacon donuts uh, Bavarian cream-filled donuts with bacon on it. I had chili with bacon on it. I had corn chowder with bacon on it. I had a taco with bacon in it. I had uh, uh, pineapple with bacon around it. I had an egg roll where the outer, instead of having a shell, they had it was just wrapped in bacon. I had, uh, gosh, there was just apple pie with bacon in it. I mean, ah, ah, I mean ah, it was, it's just you're overpowering me. It was, That's amazing. I wish I would have been able to go with you. It was great. We got interviewed. We got a lot of great interviews. They're all up on the podcast if you want to check them out. But interviewed the the director of the Bridgeview Center. Uh, they got the Beach Boys coming in. I bet you'd be excited about that. You're darn tootin'. I love the Beach Boys. And they're doing a Christmas show. When is that going to happen? December 14th or somewhere around there. They're doing a Christmas show. They got... Charlie Brown in there this weekend, and then they got this band called Pet Rocks, which is an all 70s rock band, and uh, we're going to interview them tomorrow. Oh, all right. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on there, a lot of football going on there, too. So, uh, yeah, I left. Yeah, let's get back to the Hawks. Well, as far as the Cyclone game goes, I was, uh, I left around, oh, a little after three, and I listened to part of the game on the radio and about halftime I just shut the dang thing off because Iowa State was way behind 35 yeah, to 7 yeah, or 14. Taken a couple of turnovers and and uh you know some clutch first downs and some more yardage than they got in the first half they just didn't seem to be there you know the second half then Brock Purdy got hot with his passing and Brees Hall with his running and uh, there were still a couple of mistakes, or they'd have been right in there with them. You know, they they uh, they probably, you know, there's probably nobody that that would have assumed that they'd lose to Texas Tech. <clears throat> and you know, Texas Tech was taking it serious. And how about the way their family? If you turned it off, you didn't see this, but you know, they <clears throat> the fans in their ballpark they rushed the field. And, and they were carrying on like they had just won the national championship. They were that excited to finally win a game and, and to beat Iowa State that they went nuts after the game. I, I, I got a kind of a kick out of that. I thought, 
you know, how often has Iowa State had to uh, to go through that where the other team is so excited about beating them that they their fans rush the field like that? It was something that that uh, I had really expected, had seen before. Well, that, that actually shows a lot of respect. I was beating Iowa State used to be a given. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was. Uh, you know, and it, it used to be. Uh, I remember this when, you know, the Big 12 Conference had so much respect and admiration for Iowa State that they were almost always the opposing team's homecoming game. How about that? Yeah. Well, they don't and play now, very good on the road, now, Steve, do they? Now that's not uh, that's not always the case. Yeah, yeah. Iowa State just had a tough time on the road this year. Say that again. They've just had a tough time on the road this year. Yeah, yeah. They well, they've had it. Yeah, and they, that that loss Saturday apparently took them out of the uh, chance to win the uh, the Big Twelve, or, or at least uh, play in the Big Twelve conference uh, uh, title games. So yeah, their season. Hopefully, they can. You know they can win a couple of games on their way out. You know, as uh, uh, and, and ensure themselves of a better bowl game. But yeah, the retrospect, Iowa State kind of disappointed a little bit. Uh, Iowa State's got to win some games on the way out. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't, but uh, that ought to help them get a, a decent uh, uh, bowl game postseason. Yeah, didn't it seem like Iowa State could beat anybody or lose to anybody? Yeah, and I, we've said before that's not uncommon for any ball club, really, you know, on any given Saturday. Uh, Iowa, uh, you know, they were expected to do well. But this uh, Padilla at quarterback, I, I think, scored some points for himself and, and to uh, probably earn the right to be the starting quarterback unless he gets hurt or something, but he played pretty well, got the ball into the hands of some of his uh, receivers. And, and so, but I was, uh, I was fearful. I've said before, Minnesota always scares me. Purdue scares me because uh, we traditionally have some tough times with those schools, even though on paper, you know, Iowa is favored. So I was glad to see Iowa, uh, uh, prevail, and I was sorry to see Iowa State lose. Yeah, well, so. I know this uh, Floyd of Rosedale is your biggest trophy. You had a big X on this game all season long. Uh-huh. So uh, I bet you were happy. And you know, the other thing is when they run over and, and they pick up Floyd, they carry him off the field, that's about a 100-pound statue, right? And, and uh it's very seldom do you see one guy carrying it. There's almost two or three guys every time they got to lug that thing around. And it's always, you know, the uh, freshmen that haven't done it before. You know, the older guys go, hey, I'm not going anywhere near that. That thing's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always, always an underclassman who tries to lug that thing and go, oh, my God. And then the year the year following, then they know enough. They go, I'm not going to go lift that thing again. So have you ever that seen one heavy trophy? Have you ever seen it in person? Yes. Yeah, they ought to have had it on display down 
down there at the Bridgeview Center during your bacon fest. Oh my God! Yeah, that would have been awesome. They they did a but great it, job. But that that was uh, Thunder Country put that on, and it was they had yeah, a big. It's a good station. I'll listen to them now and then. I like them. Yeah, they cover the Cyclones and the Chiefs too, and all the high school football. So they're they're all right with me. And uh, well, me too. They were the one that they're gave me the bacon. Right with me too, buddy. So my wife, uh, when I got home. I told her I brought home the bacon, and she believed me for once. <laughs> well, if she didn't, you had a box of it there uh, to prove it. Yeah, that was great. That was It was heavy bringing it out there. It was kind of like well, my Well, no more heavier than the uh, Floyd of Rosedale. You know what? I should have wrote that. I'm going to write that on the box if it's in. Floyd of Rosedale. Yeah. And, uh, we'll now, my understanding of the origin of that trophy, it uh, started back in like the 1800s and by the governor of Minnesota, the governor of Iowa, I think. Really? Is that old? Is that the way it, uh, you remember it? I, I, I always remembered it. You know, I, I, uh, I always remembered the trophy as far back as I can remember. Right. Which is, it's, which is, uh, further and shorter on different days of the week anymore. Just a couple other traveling trophies the Hawks have. Uh, I, I can't remember right now what, which ones they are, but... but uh, so, um, so go over the game a little bit with me. I didn't see any of the Hawkeye game. You didn't see any of what? The Hawkeye game at all. Oh, yeah? Nope, I was uh, kind of overdoing podcasts, and then, uh, I mean, I saw a little bit on the screen when I was walking around, but... Uh, I didn't didn't see it. Then I listened to the to the cyclone game on the way home on the radio. But well, there's the one thing that stands out to me at the Iowa game was Iowa had uh, had the ball first and goal on the three yard line. Okay, on the Minnesota's three yard line. And, and they had to settle for a field goal because they couldn't run it three yards into the end zone. You believe that? I think it's tough. Uh, I think when you're 80 yards to go, you got 80 yards to play with. You know, when you got three yards to go, the defense is all in that three yards. It makes it tougher. Yeah. See, I've, I've, you'll see this happen in the pros and in college. Uh, but, but here's Here's the thing. If you've got your biggest linemen make up your offensive line, right, then you've got three or four of your biggest uh, opposing players up front on defense, all right? So at the snap of the ball, both sides try to, uh, you know, get movement on, on the ground, they stand up. You got three or four of the biggest guys on either side, and if you stand them straight up, either defensively or offensively, there, there's a wall there that precludes you from from gaining any yardage because you're running into somebody's back with with the opposition, you know, doing the same thing. So I've never understood why teams try to advance the ball running behind that kind of wall of, of 
somewhere for you to advance at at least three yards. I don't understand the attraction to continually try to run it up the middle when that's where the field is most congested, is my point. And that's what uh, Iowa couldn't do it. They had to settle for a field goal. And I just thought, I, I get it if you want to try it uh, once. And, and, and I, see, I see it happen where a running back finally is able to get through the middle and scores. They dive into the end zone. I get it. It has happened, sure. You see it all the, all the time, but you see it. All right, so I get it if you're going to try that one or two times, but, but uh, you know, why not run around the end? Everybody expects the offensive team to go run or try to run up the middle. And so I don't understand why they don't run left or right. they got a better chance. Of yeah, you could roll out to the side so you can get around. If not, you could throw the ball. Down. To a, you know, you could get a, a receiver out there too, but uh, yeah, about, yeah, there's always a chance a receiver gets himself wide open. Uh, I've just always been baffled by it. Apparently, there's a sign of macho, but to run it in through the middle of the of the line, and if you run left or right, then that's not, you know, you're not, you know, that's a a play of weakness or something. I just, I've never understood that. Now, uh, I am of the John Madden philosophy as far as points go. You just pile them up until there's a couple minutes left in the game. And then maybe you, you go for two or you, you know, or try to take a chance on fourth down or something. But I, I'm pretty conservative. I just think you just, you know, if you get three points, that's better than nothing, you know? I get, I understand you, and and that's what Iowa chose to do, and and uh, luckily they made the field goal, and and uh, it ended up what twenty seven twenty two. Yeah, it was a pretty close. Uh, so one. you know you call a, a, a turnover where Minnesota scores some points on it, and and now you know it's it's touch or go. You you may end up losing that game. Well, how was Iowa's vaulted defense? Are they still as good as they were earlier in the season? Yeah, I think that that uh, the points they gave gave up were uh, off of turnovers, but I think the defense played pretty tight. Uh, they had some some real uh, key tackles, and, and I, I believe Iowa capitalized on a couple of turnovers here and there. So. Uh, yeah, I, they played well enough to win. Now, uh, you got their schedule there in front of you. Who they got? I know they got Nebraska. That's. But I, I I forget who it is. They got playing. two games they, left. They're playing at home against Illinois at one o'clock. All right. And then uh, they got Nebraska the last game. That's on a Friday night or Friday at twelve thirty yeah, the day after Thanksgiving. That's traditionally been uh, the Friday, uh, Black Friday. So if Iowa wins both of those game games, Nebraska, so. if they win both of those games, do they have a shot at there at, at being in first place? Well, I think uh, I don't know what to say. I know that, that uh, again, on paper, Iowa shouldn't have any trouble with Nebraska. You know, they've been down the last couple of years. and They're trying to rebuild over there. Uh, Illinois is, is kind of one of those teams like Purdue and and uh, uh, Minnesota, 
just when you think they shouldn't have any trouble and should beat Illinois, they turn around and win the game on you. So I'm still, uh, there's again, on paper, shouldn't be any reason Iowa loses to Illinois. So, Well, Iowa State has a much tougher deal, and it looks like, well, it looks like you're going to be a little safe on the, uh, uh, they're, well, they're, they're going to play Oklahoma at Oklahoma, so I, I don't give them much of a chance in that game. And then yeah, that would be a, a, a feather in the cap for the Cyclones. So they play at eleven. And it would and... be, you know, it would be the the, the uh, my theory that that a, a team coming off a tough loss that they probably should have won, it gets them a little more revved up, uh, a little more uh, revenge, want to take it out on this next team, but. But, uh, yeah, Oklahoma, I think, is probably going to be favored uh, to win that game. And, and by all accounts, they'd have to really mess things up, and Iowa State would have to minimize, if not eliminate, any of their turnovers uh, for them to come through on the upset. But it could happen. You know, I, I've always said uh, Brock Purdy is the key to how often and how well Iowa State scores, and if he's playing like he's capable for two halves, then we might uh, we might surprise those folks down in Oklahoma. Well, they also play the Friday after Thanksgiving at three thirty. So this week you got Saturday games one at eleven and one at one, and the next week you got one at three thirty and one at twelve thirty. So I think you'll be okay on those games. I hope so. Now, what about Matt Campbell being uh, uh, mentioned as uh, some other coaches, other other college teams are uh, interested in hiring Matt Campbell after this year? I'd be surprised if he left. He's been pretty adamant that he's in aims to uh, really turn things around and to really put Iowa State Cyclone football on the map and to really make a name for himself there in Ames. Now, uh, that's what he has said, it, because he's been mentioned for other jobs the last couple of years, uh, and it's, it makes sense that he's going to get offers because he's been the uh, Big 12 Coach of the Year three of the last five years. So, uh, you know, he, he's got a pretty good resume. He's got a lot of respect on the part of, of coaches uh, everywhere. And he's proven himself to be uh, very effective. So I'm confident that, that he's going to be and may already be uh, uh, a, a, a name that, that is going to be rumored to take over this program or that program. But I'd be surprised if he left where he's at right now. Well, I guess it's at least flattering that they're still looking at our coaches. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, you got anything else to say before we wrap this one up? I just want to say that I love you folks that are listening, and by golly, root for the Hawks, root for the Cyclones, and root for Dave Johnson and his uh, ability to get through, what is it, 30 pounds of bacon? (laughs) I'm going to try, yeah. All right, thanks, Steve. We'll see you later.